Shall I start talking? Is that yeah, what you're saying? I'm done. Okay, so talking. what we're going to do is to ha- have like a, just a, a brief uh, overview of some suggestions for self-care for officers. And then this is, a, this is a modification or this is the lecture we give at the CIT class. Uh, Matt, the sergeant, and I, and we usually have everybody involved. It's mostly just a discussion. The, the PowerPoint is just to sort of guide the discussion. So I'll go through some of the PowerPoint relatively quickly, and then we can uh, have discussion too. And we'll, we'll start by having the discussion be led from, from our end here, just for simplicity. Okay, so there was a famous experiment by a guy named William Muir where he divided chickens into large coops. He identified outstanding chickens who produced the most eggs, were the strongest and the most healthy. And from what he did was then he started to divide those, those chickens, because they reproduce very quickly, into uh, different coops. So we removed super chickens and putting them into an all-star chicken coop and had them go through six generations. So their kids, their kids, kids, etc. He also um, compared this with just a normally functioning group of chickens who also went through six generations. And then he looked at them after, you know, he left them alone for six generations and they came back and he looked at them and, and uh, tried to see which was the healthier, more productive group. Um, and so I guess the, the rhetorical or the question is, what, does, what do people think, which group did better, the super chickens or the normal chickens? Anybody want to guess? I'll give you guys a minute. The normal. Race you can't cheat. The normal chickens. <laughs> normal. on the network. Who says normal chickens? Raise your hands. <laughs> I think I'm going to say. How about super chickens? Any super chickens out there? Okay. So, it was the. Uh, not only did the normal group do better, the super chicken group was just just destroyed. They were decimated. There were only three chickens that survived and they were weak and lacking feathers. Basically, this group of super chickens had pecked each other to death and almost nearly out of existence. So the normal cooperative group did much better and was productive and healthy. So then the question is, why am I mentioning this to anybody? And so... <laughs> In case you guys want to raise your own chickens. The, the, the lessons that I'm trying to draw, or hope people can draw, are people overvalue superlative individualism and ambitious behavior. Um, and that causes infighting, frustration, disappointment, alienation, loss of meaning, and diminishment of compassion. So all these things are a natural consequence of sort of only rewarding the best and the ones who are the most individual and they're most outstanding. And sometimes a police department and the way it's set up is based on this sort of very hierarchical ranking structure that leads to a sort of super chicken mentality. Would you say this is the same for fire departments and probation as well? What about that with, with probation? With you guys seeing this, I'm not sure how your guys' rank structure works. Is there a lot of... I don't know. Yes. Uh, Jason Town, U.S. Probation. You're talking about super chickens? Yes. <laughs> uh, yes, sometimes we see that. <laughs> <laughs> What about, we see super everything's <laughs> anonymous here. What about Chris with AFD? I mean, I know your guys' rank structure seems similar to ours. Yeah, I think they're, I think they're similar. I think, uh, I think the super chicken analogy is pretty fair. A lot of type A personalities and a lot of folks that uh, 
that are getting better at working together and communication is getting better, but overall still very, uh, very hierarchical and uh, we're kind of trying to work our way away from that now. But yeah, I think it's still super chicken mentality around here. Okay. <laughs> um, so groups do better when they cultivate an, apps, uh, an atmosphere of greater meaning and mutual support. So teamwork that's non-ambitious, team responsive, diffuse, in which constructive disagreements are encouraged. Um, and the highest importance placed on the meaning of the mission, which values the compassionate actions over individual treatment. And over, you know, I've been working with APD for 10 years, and I, I've seen a lot of this sort of in the unit level. This is a very common way for a unit to function. And often that's where the, the most productivity and um, best outcomes come from. So where can an officer turn for help? So you need a, it, it's difficult to find an acceptable outlet for disappointment and frustration and it, not having that support can lead to alcohol abuse, problems with personal relationships, disillusionment, even suicide. So if you're in this super chicken environment and, and everybody's pecking each other to death and there's nowhere to turn, what do you do? Um, what all, so now this is what officers have reported via, you know, literature review. This is not just my opinion of what bothers them about working within law enforcement and any first responders for that matter, but mostly law enforcement, lack of respect from the media and just let, do the same thing. Raise your hand if any of these resonate with you. Uh, lack of respect from the public or media. Nobody, you guys are all good with the public and the media out there. Yeah. <laughs> lack of manpower or equipment to do their job efficiently. Frustration over perceived ineffectiveness of the judicial system. Lack of uh, appreciation for the chain of command. Uh, lack of reliable leadership. Is that? How about raise your hand if any of the at least one if none of those apply? Raise your hand. Okay, I'm assuming this one of these applies to everybody at some point in their career. Um, and so it's important to identify the problem before you can um, try to fix it. So other things, what they don't say when, so these are things that they say to each other. Like if you're hanging around in the unit, everybody will talk about this stuff. These are, these are acceptable things to talk about. Oh, the fucking media, they're always out to get us or, you know, the chief this or that. I mean, you don't say it in front of him, but you know, you people talk about this. So this is okay stuff to talk about. Uh, the, oh, I just wanted to introduce uh, our chief Gordon Eden is on my phone. <laughs> chief, it's nice to have you here. This is a safe environment, <laughs> man. Don't freak me out. <laughs> so these are these are things that are considered safe to talk about uh, with your colleagues, with everybody. The things that aren't are sort of the pain and the frustrations of dealing with the injury, the anguish, the distress of victims, the loss of the meaning at work, the and personal loss and viewed loss of compassion. So if you see somebody else is losing compassion, you don't sit down with them and say, hey, man, I think you're losing your compassion. <laughs> you might say you're a dick and get your shit together, but you, you, you're missing the things that really need to be said. Mm -hmm. And we, the, the super chicken environment doesn't set up an, uh, an environment that's conducive to these kind of conversations. So these are the kind of things that are important to talk about. But, Doc, can you talk more about what, what do you mean by loss of compassion? So loss of compassion, the easiest way to think of it is as, as burnout. So uh, compassion, I'm just going to define quickly, and there are many different definitions, but the best definition I've ever seen for compassion is taking an interest in the suffering of someone else 
and wanting to do something to alleviate that person's suffering. So that's what compassion is. And what I've seen over the years is law enforcement, people go into it for compassionate reasons. People want to be cops because they want to help people. It sounds cliche, but it's true. And at some point along the line, and compassion is a is a an expandable and contractable thing. It's not like you're born with a certain amount of compassion and it stays that way your whole life. You can develop compassion, you can become more compassionate, and you can also lose compassion. So uh, it's often interchanged with empathy, and a lot of studies show that compassion and empathy start very high in the beginning of a career, and then they start to taper off, and then they can really hit rock bottom, sort of the middle of a career. Um, and so it's better to try to avoid that. Does that answer your question? <clears throat> okay, so there it is. What is compassion? <laughs> compassion is not a singular thing. It has five uh, mental, emotional states. So respecting, caring, empathy, uh, selflessness, unconditional positive regard, commitment, and altruism. So it's sort of being nice. How to thrive in bad situations. So it's difficult and takes a lot of hard work. These things don't come naturally. So do, do your best to take what control of, of the meaning in your own job that you're able to. Um, so cultivate compassion through action and the focus on positive aspects and opportunities within your job. In the eight-hour day, if you, what happens is often people are so stressed and going from one call to another that they lose, they can lose sight, and this happens to everybody, of the thing that brought you there. So let's say you said, I wanted to be a cop to, you know, help kids who are in trouble and get them on the straight and narrow. Um, if, you, if you let those opportunities pass you by, they will. Like, so you're going one, one call to the next to the next. Now you're on a call with a kid and he seems like a shithead. And you're like, I just want to get through this call as fast as I can to get to the next one then you're, you're diminishing and you're not cultivating your compassion. So take that extra even five minutes, if you're able, to really sit down, look this kid in the eye, and try to make a difference. And that might be the only thing that you like about your whole day or week. Um, but those things go a long way. I can't stress that enough with what uh, Doc is saying, is if you feel like you're kind of burning out or it's been a hard week or hard month or whatever the, the case is, go back to why you guys got into that position. Was it to, you know, you're, we're all in public safety for some reason. Was it to help people get out of the criminal justice system and, and lead productive lives or to make sure that someone that shouldn't be out is not out? Was it to, you know, help the community by stopping burglars or property stuff or helping people out when they're in medical emergencies, whatever that is, figure out what was the one thing that you were so excited about with the job. And if you have that time, do it. So like in law enforcement, if you really like traffic stops, like that's what you enjoy. I recommend at least doing one traffic stop, no matter how busy it is, just get one out of the way, do that one thing you enjoy each day so that you can say you did it. I've always enjoyed mental health calls. That's just, has always been something I like because I feel you can actually effectively make a difference in someone's life. And so I tried to take them as soon as they came up when I was in the field because I knew I felt like I was getting something done. Because otherwise I feel like lately with the criminal justice system, it seems like it's a revolving door and you just keep taking people in and nothing happens and you keep taking them in. And it can be a very big burnout because you feel like you're not accomplishing anything. On that, along the same lines, of, I, I read an interesting 
article about uh, the impact that people can make without even realizing it. So in the most people, not most people, but a lot of people in the course of their life can think of a conversation they had with somebody that was very impactful and very meaningful, maybe with a teacher or a friend or, or somebody that you idolized or looked up to, um, and it really had a huge impact on them. And, or it could be even a doctor in some cases. And so, so you get that little pearl of wisdom or that extra advice or guidance, and you hold on to it for a very long time. Police officers are actually in that position. If they, they can, if they, if you give a, you know, some good guidance or advice to 50 people, one of them, it might stick. The other 49 might think you're an a-hole, but one of it might stick. And that, that can change the course of somebody's life. So just believe that you do make these, you have this positive, this impact, a positive impact on people. Okay, here's just a few acts, acts of compassion. It's always tricky to mention specific acts of compassion because it often feels like here are people that are better than you or <laughs> here are people that are doing the good things so you don't have to. But um, I think well, it also feels like sometimes when we highlight these um, acts of compassion, as we're calling it, we, we say, well, you know what, that's something that we actually do all the time. And we feel like the public acts like it's like such a rare, mm. random occurrence that somebody would do something compassionate for somebody. But like on a daily basis, I think majority, virtually all officers are doing things um, compassionately and going above and beyond. I agree with you 100%, actually. That's a very good point. So this is just an officer who did a good thing. Um, so burnout, this is sort of the compassion fatigue. Um, so we've all felt this at some point, sometimes more than others. Uh, exhaustion, not being able to split personal and work life. Hypersensitivity, everything pisses you off or insensitivity. You don't give a rat's ass about anything. Uh, increased cynicism, like you're just sneering and everything's stupid. Loss of enjoyment in your career, which can be very painful. Anger, irritability, increased use of drugs or alcohol. Missing work taking excessive sick days, depression, suicidal thoughts, and problem with personal relationships. I think all of us have had some of these things. Some of us have had all of these things. Um, and we've all seen fellow officers and coworkers who have had many, if not most of these. So this is what burnout looks like. This is what it looks like when you're losing compassion. This is what it looks like in yourself or your colleague. And this is the time to go for actually more professional help. <clears throat> but that doesn't uh, preclude, you know, just talking to that person. If you're noticing it, instead of calling them a jerk, you say, you know, I'm really actually mm -hmm. concerned about you. You know, it, this is, you're not yourself anymore. It's always a change from baseline, which is the guy came in day one cynical and angry, and he's still that way, that's fine. But if it's somebody who isn't, and now they're acting that way, that's a time to have a conversation. <laughs> So can meaning and compassion be revived? Yes, is the answer. And this is where we should probably get into the conversation piece of this, the, the discussion, but I'll just go through these quickly. So there's clear evidence that people can become more compassionate through training. And these are some of the ways that one could do it. So spend the time to cherish relationships, especially those that are not within the police department. I'm not saying you shouldn't cherish those too, but it shouldn't be exclusive. Outside of any agencies? Outside of, probably. 
probably outside of law enforcement altogether. You need some support system that's not law enforcement. Uh, treat life as a learning process, challenges as opportunities, don't make a drama out of a crisis. So those are just some little tips. Um, celebrate your successes. This is what Tasia was just talking about. We don't take the time to say, yeah, we do great things every day we do this. Um, and let's, you know, if, it, if we have to pat each other on the back, let's do that. Um, no, but really, I mean, it makes a big difference. <coughs> Develop realistic life goals. Um, you, what you want is, the goals are interesting because, and I could talk about goals for a while, but goals in anything in career or life should have two flavors. One, they should be short goals that you feel that you can do. So you set a goal that is realistic and you think, okay, I'm going to exercise 10 minutes, three times a week. You think, okay, that's realistic. I could actually accomplish that. And then you also want long-term goals. The long range goals are more like a guidepost. So it's like, if you want to have an enjoyable vacation on a road trip, you want to know where you're going to end up. You want to have a destination, but the trip is what's the most enjoyable. It's not the destination, but without a destination, you're just, oh, let's take a left, let's take a right, and you don't end up anywhere. So it's important to have a, a goal as a destination and then enjoy the process of getting there. Uh, but if you're only fixated on the goal, that's a big problem. Like, I can't wait to be commander. My whole life is about being commander because when you become commander, you'll be really happy for like a day, and then you'll say, this fucking <laughs> sucks. Or you'll really love it for maybe a month, and then it'll just become normal. You're like, okay, I've achieved this goal, and... This is just how it is. But if you're thinking about being a commander as sort of a guidepost, and you think, I really enjoy all the things I need to do to become a commander. I enjoy my job. And, and if, if it clearly isn't going to be a commander to satisfy my values, I'll reset my goal. Does that make sense? I have a question. Yes. So um, Doc brought up about maintaining relationships outside of your profession. And so in law enforcement, a lot of times what happens, and I can only speak in law enforcement, so I wanted to ask probation and AFD this question. So in law enforcement, a lot of times we get stuck with, you hang out with your coworkers, and I think this is common in all adult professions, but what happens is on your days off, all you do is you talk about cop work, or you talk about the negatives that you see all the time. It's never about the positives, and so you end up just feeding into that thought that nothing's changing or you feed into the burnout. And I'm wondering if this is the same in other stuff. Um, Chris, with AFD, do you guys see this in, in your field as well? Yeah, I think it's, it's pretty, pretty rampant, pretty regular. We feel bad for the wives when we hang out as couples because we get us pulled to the side and we start shop talk for hours and it doesn't end. And I think you're right. It's never, never really on a positive note. We really never talk about the good sides of the job. It's always what's going wrong and what could be done better and how we could do it better if we were in those positions. So I think it, uh, the positives that we should be able to take away from the job, we kind of lose and then we kind of focus more on the negatives, um, both here and away. I can't agree more with you. What about uh, probation? Are you guys kind of in the same field, typically hang out with each other and whatnot? Uh, Jason Town, U.S. Probation. Yeah, I do think um, that when you do hang out together and after outside of work, it's pretty much the only thing you talk about is work. Uh, I think it's kind of funny if you bring the two dynamics together, people from work and people from outside of work, um, just friends of each each area, that your friend from outside of work kind of looks at you and says, what? So all you're doing is talking about work. Once you shut up and just talk about something else. Um, I've heard that a lot, too. 
No, and that, that's a good point. And even sometimes I find in, with anyone in public safety, if you're hanging out with people that are not in public safety, a lot of times they want to ask, like, oh, tell me a cool story. Tell me something like that. And, and either you want to tell them or you just have these negative stories to tell. <laughs> but I think it is hard on spouses, especially, at least for cops, because you hang out and we talk tin code. So it's like speaking another language and you have to have an interpreter there. So that can spread into your personal life, too, a lot of times. But it, it can be hard. I, I was just wondering if everyone had that same kind of uh, difficulty. So it's interesting to see that. Thank you, guys. Okay, these are just more just quick tips on, on reviving compassion. Um, keep a realistic perspective, meaning don't catastrophize things. So, you know, pe people always are reminded of what's important only when there's a tragedy, unfortunately, like, or near tragedy. Oh, my God, we got in a car accident, and thank God we're all alive, and then you're nice for like a day. Um, but you have to keep reminding of those things of yourself. You know, what is the bottom line about life? What is it that makes this worthwhile? What is important to me? And if you don't keep that in the forefront of your mind, it's going to fade in the back, and it takes effort. Um, also, nurturing a positive view of yourself and the world and try to be optimistic. Uh, this is another thing that there's, you know, books and books are written about how to sort of nurture optimism. Um, continue with this. So realize that all studies on happiness and fulfillment point towards a person being compassionate, not ambitious. That if there's one take home message, that's it. And I think we all kind of know that, but it's one of those things we have to be reminded daily, if not consistently like all the time um and a lot of religious people and people who meditate that's one of the things they just try to keep in the forefront of their mind life is about being compassionate and being good and being present in the moment as opposed to getting lost in your thoughts and thinking about how to change everything or make things better or worse or what's how you're getting screwed over so the idea is Find out what your core values are and, and remind yourselves that that's what's important, your children, your family, your friends, your wife, um, because we lose sight of that so quickly. And I do, too. I'm not like I'm great at this. But it, the, the, the flip side is it takes that effort, that moment to bring yourself out of whatever spiral you're in and don't wait until it's a tragedy or a car accident or something. OK, so if you live among super chickens, um, you can still choose not to be one. You can, you can show gratitude to those around you and who are supportive of you and the greater mission. What's also uh, another thing I want to add about that last bullet is you can still become commander and not be a super chicken. You know, you can still be a good person and an inclusive leader and rise up the ranks. Um, it might be more difficult, but it can be done. Uh, okay, so this is just a final quote from a guy who has lived in, uh, oh, it says right there, Holocaust survivor, man's search for meaning. When we no longer are able to change a situation, we are challenged to change ourselves. And sometimes that's sort of, I'm not saying you should give up or not change the circumstances. You should, if, if your department sucks and there's corruption or your boss sucks, yeah, make efforts to change things. Set a goal that I want to make things better. But you also, it's that old quote, you know, what can we change? What can't we change? And so it's a little bit of both. You have to change internally. You have to try to make efforts to change externally. Um, but if you're relying on things externally to change, yeah, that's not going to work. I mean, it's hard enough. Think how impossibly hard it is to change your own behavior. 
You know, how many times do you want to exercise more, lose weight, be nicer to people? It's so hard to do. Now you're expecting other people to do it. So if you're expecting other people and other institutions to change, you're kidding yourself. Start, you know, start with yourself. And that's that's the talk. I went through it rather quickly, but uh, I did want Matt and the others here to sort of lead a discussion.